10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Live from Suffolk, this is The Late Show with Libby Isaac. Good evening. It is Tuesday the 18th of January. This is The Late Show with me, Libby Isaac. Tonight, we are discussing county lines. What is it? What are the warning signs to look for within a student? What do you do within your school to cause awareness? And what do you need to know about it? So tune in, get ready, get set, talk it out with me, Libby, on Teachers Talk Radio. Live from Suffolk, this is The Late Show with Libby Isaac on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and a huge welcome to 2022. Uh, this is actually my first show back after my time off over Christmas. Um, so I hope you all have managed to have a fantastic Christmas and you got some kind of break and have recharged those batteries ready for another full term within education. Um, I'm seriously looking forward to some sunshine and to some lighter evenings and mornings. Uh, but my three-year-old has started waking up going, oh, mummy, is it summer yet? Um, she's definitely a summer's child. Uh, and I keep having to say, oh, no, not quite, not quite. But it's definitely on the horizon. And as, you know, as we move forward into this term, we all know what it's like as we enter that last term um, when it's a little bit brighter there. So I hope you've all had an absolutely fantastic week. Um, so the point of today's show and my guests this evening, I am absolutely privileged, actually, to be joined by Kerry Roberts and Tammy Kirkwood. Now, Kerry is the mother of Leah Hayes, who collapsed at age 15 after taking the drug known as the party drug MDMA in May 2019 and very tragically, incredibly sadly died. Um, tonight, we are hearing her story, um, but also the story of Tammy Kirkwood, who is the mother of Connor, who was uh, partly responsible for supplying Leah with the drugs on that fateful evening. Um, so these two women now come together, they've struck up a friendship, um, and they actually help and aid the campaign Leah's Law to raise drug awareness amongst young people, to make it a specific criminal offence to supply drugs to children under 16. So anyone under the age of 16 cannot consent to taking illegal substances. So it is a hugely important, prevalent cause that I think all teachers need to be aware of, but absolutely need to get behind this campaign as well. Um, I wanted to host this powerful show as teachers. We all have a duty of care for our students and whether it is to help protect them from gangs, be brave to um, 
see the warning signs to to tell the right person if they feel like that they're getting involved in it or to be brave and to speak up to because they can see their peers and they can see it happening around them as well it is absolutely our role as a teacher to educate them as much as they can um, and a lot of that comes through unhealthy relationships um, so we all need an awareness of county lines um, we all need to know what it is um, we need to know what it means within our schools um, because above anything else and I think everybody will agree with this as a teacher our duty is is and always has been to help protect our students and to keep them safe. So tonight, I am going to go through what County Lines is. Um, I'm going to go through a few of the signs that can present how they present themselves within a school. Um, I'm going to be talking about perhaps some support that we have out there. I've actually got a statement given to me by the Suffolk Police that they are happy for me to read out. Um, we're obviously going to be hearing from Tammy and from Kerry themselves and about their stories. We're going to be talking through what Leah's Law is and about this idea of consent. Um, and above all else, hopefully we can get the message out there for Leah. OK, to, you know, to, to make it um, worth what happened to her tragically on that night, because it is absolutely our duty of care to do this. I can see that Kerry's just entered um, the studio. So hello, Kerry. Well done. You can relax now. Um, I'll tell you um, when to call in. Um, so as always, we are live. So please listen, please ask questions as we go. I am absolutely certain that Kerry and Tammy will both be happy to take any questions because ultimately they've come together to get this message out to do with consent around Leah's law. Um, and that's one of our unique, our unique selling points as Teachers Talk Radio anyway, is that we can be interactive and live with our guests. Um, I'm going to go to the news now. When I come back, I'm going to talk through about county lines and just put it into a little bit of context for you. So we're just going to go to the news and the adverts all in one, which is fabulously done by our team. And when we come back, we're just going to be talking through some of the um, context around county lines before we get to talk to our two guests this evening. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full, free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram 
or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Forest Gate Community School in London has cut the working week to four and a half days, after Simon Elliott, who leads the Academy Trust, read a series of alarming reports on professional stress and burnout for teachers. The initiative is proving so successful that the school is now consulting on whether to reduce the week further to four days. Mr Elliott said, If you look at the amount of work teachers do, they do more than similar professions, and the workload is very high. I wanted to try and alleviate that pressure at a structural level. In order to achieve this, a 50-minute lesson was added on to the remaining weekdays. Tom Leather, a PE teacher, said, Knowing we're allowed to leave at 12.10 on Friday means that morale is better. Happier teachers work harder and produce better days. In Scotland, teacher absences due to COVID are at the highest level since the start of the school session. Union leaders said current shortages were creating enormous pressure. The surge has been driven largely by self-isolation requirements, although some parents have also decided to keep youngsters away. The Education Secretary, Shirley-Anne Somerville, told MSPs, Earlier on in the pandemic, we did, of course, put a call out via the General Teaching Council for retired teachers if they wanted to come back into the profession for some time. The uptake of that, I have to say, was exceptionally low. It is something that we are looking to do again. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week Steve has lost his voice. So I am going to take a look at visualizing in the classroom. Before I begin, this is not about which product is best and comparing brands and features. This is about what you need to consider to make the best choice for your school or department. Visualizing in the classroom, in my opinion, is getting something that will be difficult to see into a format that a whole class can see more easily. This may be a live moving image or a still image. Also, it may be projected onto a large screen or cast out to multiple devices. The whole idea is it makes something small more accessible. The list of devices that can do this is huge, but they fall, roughly, into three categories. Visualizers, document cams and webcams. What is the difference? In sport the definition of fitness is the ability to cope with the environment around you. When you are purchasing a device, this is what you need to consider. Don't just buy one because someone else uses it and says it's amazing. Their environment may be totally different to yours. The factors that are going to affect your purchase are cost, size, software, portability, features, and what you already have in terms of audio-visual equipment. Lighting is sometimes overlooked and depending on what you are capturing can make a huge difference. Starting with the most expensive option, the visualizer. Generally, classroom visualizers come with a large footprint meaning they take up a lot of desk space. They tend to have a high-quality downward-facing camera, lighting built in top-down and even sometimes a backlit bed. They tend to allow control from the unit so there will be little or no need to move away from the device to operate. 
This may be useful if a lot of time is spent using the device or furniture obstructs movement. A lot of visualizers are also standalone meaning they work independently of your computer however, additional software can be installed to further augment the experience. Document cameras tend to be less expensive, have a smaller footprint and be more portable compared to visualizers however, they usually have less features and need a computer to use them. Although they are plug and play there is normally additional software available that will provide the ability to capture still and moving images, zoom in and out like a visualizer but normally control is via the computer it is attached to. Generally, they do not feature built-in lighting but tend to have a built-in microphone. The cheapest option, the webcam is plug and play and may have additional software however, the previous devices are designed for projecting something desk-based to an audience. The webcam is designed to work in a different way but can be more versatile especially if you move rooms frequently. You need a computer to plug it into, some come with flexible arms and a base you can plug it into but like the document cam, they are restricted by the length of the USB cable. Now we have an idea of what the devices are capable of the next question is what do you already have? Do you have an interactive board? If so imaging a pupil's book with a cheaper webcam and using pinch zoom and annotation may do the job. Or in a bright setting an HD webcam may do the trick. In the past the rule was the higher the price the better quality of image. Today that isn't necessarily so. My conclusion is before you spend out, do your research and consider the fitness of the device for your environment and your value for money. And please talk to your school technical support before you purchase anything. Sometimes devices are not compatible with school networks. For a visual version of this episode check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods' screen reader and that was 2 Minute Tech. 2 Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome back. Obviously, that was our um, our adverts and then our news and our two-minute tech all together. Um, Tammy, you are absolutely fine. Uh, you can call in now if you want and I can put you on mute or you can just sit in the studio and then I can let um, you and Kerry know when I'm ready to bring you into the conversation. So... Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the show this evening. As I was explaining in the introduction, this show is absolutely all around county lines. I'm going to uh, spend a little bit of time putting county lines into context because I do think that's an incredibly important part of it. And I am sure when we speak to Tammy and when we speak to Kerry later on in the show, um, if I get any of it wrong or if they want to add anything as well because they've become absolute experts in this as well. Um, It would be great to hear from them too. So what is County Lines? So County Lines is where illegal drugs are transported from one area to another, often across police and local authority boundaries, and usually by children or by vulnerable people. It's a form of criminal exploitation in which criminals groom and manipulate children into drug dealing. The lines refer to the mobile phones that are used to control a young person who is delivering drugs, often to towns outside their home country. That's not always the case. Young people aged 14 to 17 are most likely to be targeted by criminal groups, but there are reports of seven-year-olds being groomed into county lines, which is terrifying. Um, Primary school children are easy targets as they are less likely to get caught. Just because county lines may not get the coverage um, compared to other societal issues, even though I definitely think it's a lot more prominent now than it's ever been, it does not mean it is a small problem. In fact, 90% of English police forces have seen county lines in their area and the violence is growing. It doesn't matter where you're from or your social background, children from any community can be groomed into county lines. Um, We're going to find out a little bit more about that, obviously, when we speak to Tammy and when we speak and talk about her story as well. Um, County lines 
operations are often really difficult to spot. Um, but there are signs that are visible. Um, and obviously, we don't talk about our personal experiences on the show. Um, but I've, I've seen some of these signs within education myself. So county lines, um, for example, students um, or young people, they might suddenly get um, multiple mobile phones. OK, um, they might come into school um, with unexplained injuries or with bruising. Um, they suddenly might have something, for example, a new pair of trainers that they couldn't afford um, to begin with, um, that they're parading around school with. Um, it's very common that the, the gang leaders ask them to look after something for them for it to begin with. And then obviously that escalates to drugs at some point. Um, and it is it is known that the gangs themselves at some point stage some kind of an attack and they steal their own drugs from them. And the point of doing this is that 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 young person then owes them and they're manipulated and coerced even more because of the violence behind it. Um, and they're, they're then always having to owe them something else. Um, because they're usually vulnerable, it gives them um, sometimes extra money, it gives them security, and it gives them a sense of family if those things are part of what they're lacking in the first place. Um, and they are usually absolutely all completely scared of the repercussions because the the whole point of gangs and counterlines is no difference to this. You know, it's violent, it's violence. Um, I've got a statement which has been given to me specifically for this show from the Suffolk Police um, and they're very happy for me to read it out. So it says, we are committed to education or educating children and young people to the dangers of not just drug abuse, but also the hazards of becoming embroiled in gang culture and knife crime that frequently have links to drug dealing and county lines. As an example, as part of our week of action on drug dealing in October last year, when 19 arrests were made, officers also conducted engagement visits to schools in COVID safe environments or remotely to deliver 2,100 pupils on educating them on the dangers of drugs. Um, this engagement work is ongoing all year round in schools and colleges and is part of a joined up and holistic approach with other agencies who can also contribute to educating our children. It's also important to point out that we'd urge parents and carers to speak to their children about the dangers of drug use as well. So obviously that's that's a statement from police and how you know that they're getting involved with an education and how they're going to try and get the messages out there as well and i think personally in schools and i'm sure you absolutely agree with me with this and this is one of the reasons i wanted to do the show we need to really make sure that drugs and gangs and that these messages are being conveyed to the students. They need to understand it. They need to know that they are having lessons around it, whether that is um, within the PSHE curriculum that I mentioned before, whether that's a county line specific lesson or whether that's an unhealthy relationships lesson where you're talking about sort of gang culture and then obviously it's, it's relatable to different year groups or it's specific assemblies, or it's specific drop-down dates. It is so, so important 
that they are absolutely educated on this. Um, I've just received a link on here, and I think this is the same link that I got um, on Twitter because I put a feed out on there about resources and what do your schools do. Um, I'm actually part of my role is to do the PSHE curriculum um, for my trust and i'm absolutely going to be using this so thank you so so much for putting this on here it's commissioned by paddy tipping and students were the actors so there are a series of short films um, and they can be used in any school or college and i think it's things like this that we need to get out there because um the psha association are absolutely fantastic and they do have some resources around it but these types of videos are really quite hard hitting and incredibly relatable i think for all of our students so the more resources we have you know the better impact we can have for for those students as well so thank you so much for sharing that um, I was also going to say if anybody listening live now has anything else that they do within their school, um, then please, please, please put it in the chat here. We can retweet it. It's such a good resource to have. Um, at my school, this was about um, four years ago, we actually had a drama production around it. And that was so powerful. It was absolutely brilliant. And I, I was nowhere near a specialist when it came to county lines. In fact, I used to get a little bit confused as to about what the lines meant. I used to think it was to do with the train lines. Um, and when I watched this production, every single one of the students in that room were completely captivated by that performance. Um, it, it was so engaging, but the messages were in completely hard hitting. And it went through some of the warning signs It went through, you know, dramatised, you know, how it happened to them, how they're vulnerable, you know, how, the, how you're groomed, who to go and ask for help for, etc. So, you know, anything to get the messages out there to, to get your students thinking about this is going to be a really good part of it. Um, what I'm going to do is I think it's absolutely time to hear from Tammy and from Kerry. Um, Kerry, if you could call in, that would be great. And then I can add you to the to the chat. Um, and we're going to be asking them a series of questions. We're going to be talking about um, Connor. We're going to be talking about Leah. And we're going to be giving them the chance to talk about Leah's law and what that means as well. So just to put um, the night... Um, to you, I suppose. Um, in May 2019, 15-year-old Leah Hayes collapsed in a car park um, of a drug overdose. And later that night, she tragically died. The 17-year-old who dealt her the illegal drug, Connor Kirkwood, was then arrested and jailed for 21 months. The consequences for both Tammy and Leah is absolutely unthinkable. And as, as a parent myself of quite young children and from um, where I've seen things within my own profession, I absolutely cannot imagine what it was like for both of you during this time. So thank you so, so much for being here. Um, it always must be so incredibly difficult, I think, to do these things. And I can't imagine how it feels your end. But we are so thankful that you can share your stories with us tonight, because I think the point is now this message, which um, we're going to be sharing with our TT radio listeners, and hopefully getting everybody on board with that petition. So let me just introduce you both. Um, Tammy and Kerry, can you hear me? Actually, yes, I can. Um, yeah, I can hear you. 
That's not a problem. Don't worry. I'm going to ask different questions and I'll bring you in at different times. And okay. um, I, I'm, I probably won't mute you because sometimes you might want to, I don't know, finish what one of you have said or add something in. That is absolutely fine. So thank you so, so much for being with us this evening. Thank no you. No problem. Thanks for having us. <laughs> That's no, no problem at all. And I think in the introduction, I just wanted to make it really clear as teachers, we we need to know your story. It's so important, but also because we're, we're the ones that stand up in front, front of the students. We're the ones that create the curriculums. We're the ones that put together the schemes of work to help educate them, because a lot of this is, is actually about educating. It's about making them really aware of consent. It's about making them really aware of their rights, about making them really aware about some of these warning signs and who to talk to if they are feeling vulnerable. Um, Miss Saeed just texted in and said, if schools have a good um, schools link officer, getting them into school is also really helpful. Um, and this is county lines and raising awareness, including the aftermath cases. Absolutely agree with you there. Um, your SLO is so important um, with any secondary school, with any primary school as well. So thank you for that. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start with Kerry and ask you some questions and and then obviously we're going to move forward and we're going to um, talk to Tammy as well. So hello, Kerry. Nice to nice Hi. to speak to you. Um, are you feeling Are you feeling a bit better now that we got on got on through the technology? <laughs> I managed to work it. Um, my headphones didn't fit my new phone. <laughs> so oh, um, no. no, we have no headphones, but. Um, I can hear you fine. Can you hear me fine? That's absolutely fine. No, you're fine. And I'm I'm yes. guessing you've 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 put yourself in a room as well yes, without I'm any distractions. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely fine. And I've had that before as well because the new the newer your phone, the new different headphones. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. And, and I don't worry. New ones. <laughs> <laughs> don't you worry. Um. So, can you start us off this evening? And can you just tell us a little bit about what Leah was like? It would be really great to hear about her. Um, yes, yeah, so Leah was, she was a typical 15 year old. She was fun. She was lively. She was loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you, you normal 15 year old. I mean, I could, I could, you know, lie um, and say she was an angel all the time. But I think teachers on here would know, also know that <laughs> angel all the time. And she yeah, had her moments, but she was a good girl. She was a good kid. And since she died, um, I've all I've had is positive feedback about her. She was, she was fun. She was lively. She was full of life. Um, yeah, everybody, and she was so caring. She was really caring to all her friends, and she really wanted to be around them and help them. And she was always always the one they turned to when they needed help. So that's an absolutely lovely asset to have um yeah. thank you so much for sharing that with us um did you have any hints of drugs in her life or the build-up to this no um it was it was really bizarre because I mean the, the few weeks before that leading up to it I wasn't well I was pregnant and I was sick um but she was home most of the time looking after me and there was nothing unusual um nothing stood out to be strange about what she was doing um the saturday night that it happened um i wasn't home until later on that um evening i was in hospital um but my partner was home and you know she was normal it was a normal saturday night she had her music on too loud a friend in her bedroom they were going out and she said she'd be back mm -hmm. later and 
the word normal comes up a lot, but it there was nothing strange about it. Um, but the more I'm learning from Tammy and the amount of parents I speak to and things about county lines is it could have been done while she was sitting next to me. She could have um, bought them drugs right next to me. It was so quick and so easy, so cheap um, to do on social media. So, so was that is that how she got the drugs through social yeah, media? Yes, Snapchat, Snapchat. So she Snapchatted a boy, um, Mitchell. He got arrested as well. He got um, nine months in prison. No, yeah. six months. Yeah, so he served six months. Got nine months, I think, or twelve months. Um, but yeah, so she she messaged him and he messaged Connor. He got hold of Connor. Okay, and I think that's just another point, isn't it? Um, as teachers as well, is is just this awareness of social media um, and I know that there are so many fantastic resources out there um, for you know internet safety and social yeah. media and you know all everything that that contains but it's just educating them on it because when I don't know I don't know how old you are but when I was at school obviously we, that that wasn't a part of life um, no. and it's it's so different to be a teacher having like you if you're in pastoral or if you're ahead of year or even a form tutor or just a normal teacher you you have to deal with the consequences of social media every yeah. single day and it takes up so much time um, okay. and it's dangerous and I think you know this this story highlights that as well yeah. especially if it all started through snapchat yeah, so well, I, sorry. I, I spoke to a reporter the other day and he was doing an um, investigation and he tried to buy drugs pretending he was 14 mm. and they had them outside the school gates within 10 minutes. Wow. Uh, it was quicker, easier, cheaper than buying a pizza online. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me if I'm honest, no. but um, it's it's still incredibly difficult to hear, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and scary. Like, I, I don't know how old your, your daughter is now. Is it a daughter that um, you're pregnant with? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. She's too lesser. Um, yeah. Very, very close in age to my youngest as well. So it's, it's just, it's just, um, it's scary to think that, that that's so, it's so accessible for them. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Um, so did it come out at all after um, that um, Leah had, had done drugs before or is, was this literally just a one-off experiment? She'd done, she tried something before. I think she tried weed before mm. um, once. Um, but that was that was it. The MDMA was the first time. Um, wow. This, again, was she didn't know what she was doing. She didn't, another part of the education is she didn't know what she was doing. She'd never done it before. She just mm. thought she'd got a lot of her friends. She'd seen friends do it for a long time before. They were okay. Um, they all call it the party drug. So she thought she yeah, was just going out on Saturday night, going to have a laugh, going to have some fun, probably get into trouble from me. Um, but, um, yeah, that's what – I think that's what she thought. Um wow. Yeah. that's that's I think that's what a lot of um 15 year olds think yeah. today as well so um uh, can you take us through a bit of the build-up to that evening and just the events that unraveled around it as well if that's okay yeah um so I got home about seven o'clock that evening from hospital um and I got she wasn't home and I got a, hus a phone call about nine o'clock from a friend saying that right. they, they thought Leah was drunk in the park because they told me she was drunk in the park and I was to come and get her. 
So um, we drove down to the park um, and I thought I was going to be putting a drunk 15-year-old in the car and she was going to be getting a yeah. off. Um, but that's not what... As soon as I got out of the car, I knew there was something wrong. She was in the car park. She was on the floor. Um, I could see her body moving. She was shaking. Um, me and my partner went over um, and she said, Mom, she said, Mom, she knew she knew I was there, so she was conscious when I got there. Um, she said, Mom, um, but she couldn't speak. And then next minute, she was she was gone. She was unconscious within seconds. Um, in that time, the ambulance was being rung. Um, I didn't know this from the um, being a call. I heard all this because that night to me was a blackout. Um, so an ambulance was called. Um, we were told to follow the ambulance to the hospital, so we did. They and I found out they were doing um, CPR in the car park on her. Um, the ambulance was, or her yeah, friends. Her, the ambulance was. I know okay. her friends. There was only one friend that stayed. Oh, okay. Um, the rest ran because they thought they were going to get into trouble. Wow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they we I followed to the hospital and um. I didn't know how bad it was going to be. I walked into the hospital. I got taken into a room and um, you could tell by the nurses and the police that were around them. They put their heads down as I um, as I walked through the corridor. And um, I got asked if I wanted to go into the room to see her. They were doing CPR and I, I certainly did. I was in there a few minutes and they um, they pronounced her dead. Um, while I was there. Wow. And obviously, well, you were pregnant at the time, and that, that's yeah. that's just I, – I, no no one wants to be in that position ever, and it's just unbearable to even think about. So thank you so much for, for telling us and for reliving it, I suppose, by talking about it as well. Um, and I suppose one thing – there as well as as a, as a teacher to go to go back to that aspect I suppose is in the car park said one one friend stayed because the others mm-hmm. were so scared and yeah. I think that's that's our whole point we've got to educate them that yes. you know that's you put that to one side and you that know you do what's right I am um, I, I was listening to you and I think that's my main aim apart from the petition is doing a campaign and education Education is key, and not just teachers, but for parents and the children. And, you know, it's not just saying no to drugs anymore. That doesn't work. Uh, mm-hmm. I think teachers teachers need to know about drugs, MDMA. They need to know what it is, because I, I don't think we do. I didn't. Um, I think, you know, a lot of kids, teachers are who they talk to. They are the main adult in their life. Um. And I, well, I they, think, spend, they spend a lot of time with them, don't they? Well, exactly. Yeah, they spend most of the day with with that with them. So they are the main people I think that need to be educated in um in drugs, especially class A drugs. Yeah, and and yeah. and I just assure you that we we do, and this has been put on the chat as well. We we do educate yeah. them in drugs, yes. um, and that that is such an important part of of our PSH curriculum or within our curriculums um however it's delivered within the, your school context um yeah. but you know things you know things like this we need maybe we need to do more or you know are, there are other ways or you know do we need to add in yeah. something else or do we need to work you know harder with with certain things and I know that lots of people work incredibly hard as well it's just yeah. um it's just I think it's just 
talking about the, the county lines aspect, talking about, you know, what, what those signs are and, and to if you aren't used to it or you don't know much about it as perhaps an early careers teacher or as a teacher in any aspect, it's so important to get the messages out there or for us to sit and share resources now, that's that's such an, a great thing yeah. that can come from this show as well is so that we can get it into our schools as quickly as possible. Um, thank you so much. Um, you. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to put you on mute, Kerry, okay. and then I'm going to talk. I'm just going to talk through Tammy's experience. Then I'm going to bring you back on together, yep. um, and okay. we're just going to talk about your relationship. So thank you for okay. sharing so us uh, and talking to us a little bit about Leah. But you'll be back. Don't worry. Okay. okay. <laughs> thank you. Um, hello, Tammy. Can you hear? Me? Yes, can you hear me? I've kind of gone in the car where it's the quietest place. Oh, no, it's fine. I love that. No, we can hear you loud and clear. Brilliant. Yes, thank you so much for uh, giving up your evening and, and joining us on our live podcast this evening. No problem. Not, not, not at all. Um, so can you, just like we did a little bit with Kerry then, can you talk us through um, what Connor was like at school or during this time a little bit, um, if you can, just describe his personality? Um, and I think it's really important for our listeners or for anybody that's going to download it later on. Did you notice a change in him? And what were some of those warning signs? If you can share that with us, that'd just be so, so useful. Yeah, so Connor, um, we're a military family, so we lived a yeah. lot in Germany. So um, he was cheeky, uh, <laughs> would climb. I, I was always trying to get him out of predicaments, as in climbing up a tree and couldn't get back down. He was very sports minded, um, never sat still, always had to be on the go. I had him in every sport and swimming that we could, you know, get him into because he was that kind of boy. He went off to boarding school because he, he couldn't handle the the moving every yeah. three years. So he chose to go to boarding school. But during that time, um, he started getting diagnosed with um, Asperger's. Just, well, now it's just considered autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, and boarding school doesn't have facilities to deal with things like that. So I brought him home. We moved back into the UK and he started to attend a um, local school. But during that, mm -hmm. while we moved here, because um, Connor's so used to being in a bubble, he met new friends, um, new exciting life because he had different things to do besides just a military life. And one of those friends was an older boy who, um, now that I've learned, was the peer that introduced Connor into County Lines. So it is peers doing it to peers. Mm. So they're kind of, the, the gangs are there, but they're getting the other kids to do this to them. So Connor was at our local school here, but he started becoming angry and having an angry outburst. Um, at first, we thought maybe it's just the autism and how he was trying to settle himself in. So we had um, social work come in and do some stuff around that. But things just started deteriorating. The changes were, he, most. some people might say it's, oh, it's just because he became a teenager. He stopped playing sports. He And he gives me troubles for saying this, but I, I, he changed his appearance as in he went from a very smartly dressed boy to wearing and I'm glad he can't hear me to wearing trackies mm -hmm. 
because he thinks if I say that, that means everybody's a drug dealer that's wearing trackies. And that's not my case. It was just that as a mum's view, that's what I have seen. Mm-hmm. He went from this boy that had the biggest smile and the quietest voice to an angry child. And we just didn't know at that time what was going on. I work in social care. I started putting things together and I never heard even working in social care about county lines until one day Connor, um, I had a package come to the house. I'm a very nosy mum. I, I have passwords for everything um, and I open mail. So I opened this <laughs> box thinking, how can a 14 year old, what's he ordered? He's got no money. He doesn't got a bank card or mm. well, he had a bank card. He had, but it was us that controlled it mostly. And it was these little baggies that you would see on TV that people use for drugs. Um, I called the police wow, right there yeah. um, mm-hmm. because I just knew the, I just in my head knew putting those connections together, something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that day is the when the police already told me they knew of Connor. They, they already had suspicions that he was being groomed and being um, traffic, tra- child traffic kid. Oh, my so did, sorry, sorry to interject. Did the police, if they, they knew of him, did the police not contact you before? The only time they contacted me before is when they brought him home because he was playing, this is, they brought him home because he was playing football on a field they weren't allowed to and he ran away from them. And then another time they brought him home was a fight. Um, but they didn't tell me then even, they just said it was him and another boy fighting in the street. And though now when I'm putting pieces, I'm still putting pieces together and building my, you know, his kind of story and finding things out each day that mm. were probably highlights. You know, Connor was a feisty boy, but not somebody that would just go and punch somebody for no reason. Yeah. So bringing them home. And it wasn't until the bags and this police officer said, well, we are already concerned because of this. But we had a prevent worker at that time where she was working on his autism and anxiety with settling in. And um, she mentioned it twice to me and said she was going to bring his name up at um, this meeting that the social care workers, police, um, safeguarding all have around children they think are going are being exploited. So I'm still, you know, in shock thinking, but you know, we're in the UK, there's where's the gangs? Because <laughs> it's not yeah. what you think like it is on TV. They're very you resourceful people. And they don't they necessarily look the same, do they? That's I think that's one of the things as well is that you could walk past it and not necessarily realize that i've learned some of them were taxi drivers some of them were businessmen um yeah you wouldn't it's not like i'm having a bandana on in certain colors as you see in tv it's it's totally different so we went from having that baggie to then connor going missing for 24 hours up to some one time this is marks the fourth year this is our fourth year anniversary where he meant missing for over two weeks oh wow okay um, where this should have been the second sign to the police that they had a chance to put an NRM in and maybe prevented a child going to jail and a child being killed. 
because when he came, I was out looking for Connor because I, you know, now when you see children missing, there's pictures on Facebook and they're saying, we're looking for this child. That never happened. I didn't feel anybody was looking for him. So I put myself in danger because um, I did find Connor and he was getting into a car with an older person because I took pictures of the car. They started, that car threw Connor out, started chasing me. So I had put myself in danger trying to get him back. But that was still another week and a half before I got him home. And when they brought him home, they basically opened up the door and said, here he is, didn't do a debrief with me, did no referrals, no, do you need some support? Nothing, here he is, he's home, goodbye, kind of thing. Um, and life just got worse. So he got suspended from our local school and went to a uh, people referral. For, people, yeah. people referral. Um, yeah. And by the time children are at the stage of getting expelled, that's what the county line guys want because they get them better. They have them more. They have them all the time. And they're like vultures around these schools that are outside the mainstream schools. They're hanging around. They're in the local area watching every move that these kids make. So he went to people referral and they did do well with Connor. The teachers at those schools are absolutely brilliant. They do work very well inside the building, but it's what's around that community at that time because the county lines know where they are. Yeah, and he and was very well known to them, wasn't he? Yeah, and they also know that those other children inside that school then are also vulnerable, so they know that they can start recruiting, as you may say it, I guess is what they would look at. And he went to people referral and then he went on to college and it, it was almost like a double life. So he was doing college. He was um, coming home at a regular time. I'm not, I wasn't one of those parents that didn't know where he was. But now I finding out that when I was talking to parents on the phone and making sure he was where he was supposed to be, that these were older adults. They were adults, but they weren't the adults I needed to be speaking to. So um, even if I've met a parent involved, parent face to face, two of his friends' parents were involved in the county line. So that sweet talk and I'm looking after my child and yours would be fine. In my home is 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 not. I I would never let my child have a sleepover again. I don't think if I was having another child because it's not. You just can't. You don't know who's who. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's, that's what I learned these people were. Not every parent is that way. And some of these parents grew up in this kind of world of drugs and alcohol and the street life, but play a good game to everybody mm -hmm. else in, in real life. So Connor went off to college, still struggling. Um, a few more times he ran away from home started becoming violent towards me, which Connor was very protective towards me and we were very close. And that relationship started falling apart. So at 17, um, just before Leah's death, um, the police officer said, kick him out and you'll get support. Social care has to do something if you kick him out. So I listened and I said, can you come get him? He's been violent. I'm kicking him out. 
the police came and took him to present as homeless at social care. And the social care worker phoned me at work to tell me she was going to charge me with child abandonment. Um, so I said, well, you need to bring him back then because I'm not being charged with child abandonment. I'm not going to do him any good being in jail. Um, so they brought him back and I thought, well, maybe she's going to talk to us and we'll get an understanding what support we can get. And that didn't happen. She said to Connor, and these are in her notes because um, we've requested his notes, um, that she advised Connor that he had to listen to his parents' rules and that no drugs were allowed in the house, but there was a black bin outside that he could keep his drugs in. <sighs> so <laughs> politely asked her to leave my house because that wasn't the support I wanted. I wanted a referral to the local youth drug and rehab center that we have here is what I wanted um, for Connor and that didn't happen. I wanted a specialist social worker. That did happen, but that happened because I screamed more for it. Yeah. And I continued to keep phoning the police on Connor for many things, for drug paraphernalia, um, any little thing, because I thought the more I report it, the more I'm going to get help. Um, I was calling social care. I took Connor into hospital three or four times, twice with um, two broken eye sockets, a broken nose, a broken hand. And even a doctor, one doctor closed the door and said, I know this isn't just boys playing. There is something else going on. And Connor opened up to him a little bit, but not enough. And he, he didn't put a safeguarding in, which he should have. So there was lots of opportunities for safeguardings and the national referral mechanism to be put in. And then we lead up to um, him coming home, still having troubles, me calling the police. Three days before Leah's death, um, again, I called the police. He had um, a large sum of marijuana that was mailed to him, but went to the post office that he had to pick up. The post office alerted the police that he had this. I alerted the police already. Um, because I had a text message. I don't know how it happened. I just, we got alerted that this was there. And um, Connor's very smart. He's quick on maths. And he, if he could prove that that large sum, which was 500 pounds worth of marijuana, was used for personal consumption, they could only charge him with possession and not intent to sell. Yes, and then there's a massive difference between the two, isn't there? There very much is. Mm. So they took him in, he got his lawyer, and it got deferred, well, referred to. He wouldn't go to jail, wouldn't get a charge, but he'd have to go to um, Compass Reach, which in our community is the Youth Outreach Centre for Drugs and Alcohol. And I thought, thank God, finally, finally. Um, we went in. And it was a day, it was just an assessment. He didn't have to participate in anything else. He just had to show his face and that was it. That was the end of it. And that's where we lead to um, the night of Leah's death. Connor was um, to be at a party as a Sweet 16 party for another friend. I talked to the parents. They said, yep, the boys are going to be here. They're fine. They aren't going to be drinking. They, 
the whole parent check that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole time I thought that was where he was going to be. Um, later on, we find out he wasn't at middle of the night. We get a phone, we, we get a knock at the door, and it's two police officers asking for Connor. And we've said to them, well, he's not here. He's staying at so-and-so's address. Gave them the address um, and asked them at that time, bear in mind, Connor's 17. And so uh, as a mum, I said, can you tell me what this is about? And they said, no, he, um, because of his age, we can't tell you what it's about, but we can tell you that it's not, it's nothing urgent or it's nothing, yeah, nothing urgent. And that was that. So me and my husband at that point, because they said it wasn't urgent, then it must be just that he's either gotten into a fight with maybe one of his mates and the mum's phoned the police to see where he is and trying to find him. Do you know, that's all. They didn't even go to his, the person's house to see where he was. They told me to call 101 when he came home. So I just text messaged Connor, telling him to give me a call when he got up in the morning and making sure he was safe. Nothing came back from that. But because they didn't put an urgency on at the police, I I didn't have an urgency to have to get a hold of him, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, of course it does. Um, so I woke up in the morning and was just on social media, kind of cleaning the house between going back and forth. And it was all over social media about this young girl dying. And I wasn't connecting Connor and this girl and the police. I wasn't connecting any of that to my son um, and kept reading the messages. And then Connor phoned and I said, where are you? The police are looking for you. What's, you know, what's going on? Have you been in a fight? And that's when he disclosed that he had a phone call from another person he's never disclosed that he had to meet Mitch um, in North Hallerton. And so he said, you know, I sold Mitch the, the drugs Mitch gave. But I think this is where people get confused because Mitch actually was the one that um, bought the drugs and gave the drugs to Leah. Right, yeah. And I think there was one point, Lee, um, I think Carrie heard somebody or, or myself where Connor gave them a warning that they shouldn't be using so much MDMA um, safety warning or whatever. Connor then is has left the situation and has traveled back into the Thirsk area. And then he was alerted himself by friends and everybody that Leah died. He came home and I called the police because I you're not going to, you know, not sit there without with that information. Called the police and within seconds I had police all over the place. Um, one thing I remember is asking them to hold on because I had a puppy. I know it seems silly. I just wanted him to be put away and out of the way. And them barging through the door, running upstairs and getting Connor. I think maybe they thought I was trying to hide him or what. So they took Connor, arrested him, took some of his clothing, um, watching him come down. The handcuffs didn't fit around his 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 wrist. So just watching him come down, I was still, 
in a daze and I felt like I was in a dream that it wasn't my life. It was almost like I was outside my body watching everything happen. Yeah. Um, and I think the only thing that brought me back to reality was my friend that had supported me quite a bit with Connor and looking for him came another army wife came running down the street um, and pushed an officer out of the way and said, I need, I need to see her, you know, she's, she's going to break. <laughs> and, yeah. and then him going off. Um, I wasn't allowed at the police station because he told me what happened. I was considered a witness then. So because of Connor's, um, autism diagnosis. Um, my husband was on duty, so I wanted him to come. Contacted a friend that was a legal, um, was a a lawyer who got a lawyer in contact for us and met Connor there, but had a uh, uh, he had to have a different adult with him for they could help him with understanding what was going on with everything else going to happen with him. And then we, yeah, he was 17 when that happened and they, they, he was 18 and 18 and two days old when they charged him with um, supplying cla a class A drug, two counts of supplying a class A drug for that day. And, and how, how long was his sentence? His sentence was 21 months, but he, um, because of COVID and everything, they were locked up 23-7, no rehabilitation, no education. Um, so with good behaviour, he came out within six months. Okay. Uh, can I say thank you so much for that that sort of account as well? And really uh, all, 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 all the questions, all the questions I was going to ask, you've just covered. So you've, uh, awesome. it, it, it was no, it was brilliant. It was it was really good. And I think again, like we're we're teachers, and it's so important that we hear it because um, you you went through the warning signs, you went through your story and the warning signs, and um, you did it really well. And it's really useful for us to hear that because these these might be signs that we can then pick up for the students that we teach as well and that's it because it's not a typical child either a lot of people think it's a child in care it's a child with low income but there's they're now like one of connor's friends his dad he was involved in county lines and stuff not his dad this young boy and he's a ceo yeah. of a, a company some of these are like they're not the typical children Connor didn't have the fancy shoes from these drug dealers and that he had the injuries and he went missing and the change of his moods. And it's not always, and it, and people forget that this is child, criminal child exploitation. It's modern slavery at the end of the day. Um, and people keep forgetting those, that's what's happening to our children. Well, um, I, I promise you, when we when we teach it, that's that's part of the messages as well that that we are looking at, you know, educating children with too. So I, I assure you that teachers don't forget it. Um, oh, I don't. I think it's... teachers have uh, the the hardest. They're social workers, they're police officers, they're mum and dad. They're I think they got the hardest job in the world. Oh, thank you. Thank. I, I'm sure there's lots of hard jobs, but thank you so much for that. And I think. Um, I just, I just can't imagine it. I mean, I said, I said before introducing you and obviously Kerry. You know, you've both been through trauma. You're both victims, and just being, you know, put in my 
myself in both of your shoes is just unimaginable really and I think you know you've both got you've both got strength um from somewhere um so and yeah you've just got well done Tammy so from Kelly so that's really good and also um Lee um Kerry we had some really good comments um for you as well what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna play the news again to give you a little bit of a break Tammy because you just um had you know a big a big chunk of uh, yeah, um, information there the <laughs> yeah that's fine um and then I'll put you on mute and I'll bring Kerry back in with you Tammy and then I'm just gonna ask a little bit about your relationship and how you're at this position um because obviously you didn't know each other before and now you're you know you're promoting Leah's law together so it'd be really really good to go through that so I'm just going to play the news and give you a little bit of a break Tammy and then Kerry I'll bring you back in thank you very much whatever learning looks like this year bring lessons to life with Nearpod an exciting new addition to the Renaissance family Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos gamification and activities all in a single easy to use platform to help kickstart the new year we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Forestgate Community School in London has cut the working week to four and a half days, after Simon Elliott, who leads the Academy Trust, read a series of alarming reports on professional stress and burnout for teachers. The initiative is proving so successful that the school is now consulting on whether to reduce the week further to four days. Mr Elliott said, If you look at the amount of work teachers do, they do more than similar professions, and the workload is very high. I wanted to try and alleviate that pressure at a structural level. In order to achieve this, a 50-minute lesson was added on to the remaining weekdays. Tom Leather, a PE teacher, said, Knowing we're allowed to leave at 12.10 on Friday means that morale is better. Happier teachers work harder and produce better days. In Scotland, Teacher absences due to COVID are at the highest level since the start of the school session. 
union leaders said current shortages were creating enormous pressure. The surge has been driven largely by self-isolation requirements, although some parents have also decided to keep youngsters away. The Education Secretary, Shirley Ann Somerville, told MSPs, Earlier on in the pandemic, we did, of course, put a call out via the General Teaching Council for retired teachers if they wanted to come back into the profession for some time. The uptake of that, I have to say, was exceptionally low. It is something that we are looking to do again. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week Steve has lost his voice. So I am going to take a look at visualizing in the classroom. Before I begin, this is not about which product is best and comparing brands and features. This is about what you need to consider to make the best choice for your school or department. Visualizing in the classroom, in my opinion, is getting something that will be difficult to see into a format that a whole class can see more easily. This may be a live moving image or a still image. Also, it may be projected onto a large screen or cast out to multiple devices. The whole idea is it makes something small more accessible. The list of devices that can do this is huge, but they fall, roughly, into three categories. Visualizers, document cams and webcams. What is the difference? In sport the definition of fitness is the ability to cope with the environment around you. When you are purchasing a device, this is what you need to consider. Don't just buy one because someone else uses it and says it's amazing. Their environment may be totally different to yours. The factors that are going to affect your purchase are cost, size, software, portability, features, and what you already have in terms of audio-visual equipment. Lighting is sometimes overlooked and depending on what you are capturing can make a huge difference. Starting with the most expensive option, the visualizer. Generally, classroom visualizers come with a large footprint meaning they take up a lot of desk space. They tend to have a high-quality downward-facing camera, lighting built-in top-down and even sometimes a backlit bed. They tend to allow control from the unit so there will be little or no need to move away from the device to operate. This may be useful if a lot of time is spent using the device or furniture obstructs movement. A lot of visualizers are also standalone, meaning they work independently of your computer. However, additional software can be installed to further augment the experience. Document cameras tend to be less expensive, have a smaller footprint and be more portable compared to visualizers. However, they usually have less features and need a computer to use them. Although they are plug and play, there is normally additional software available that will provide the ability to capture still and moving images, zoom in and out like a visualizer, but normally control is via the computer it is attached to. Generally, they do not feature built-in lighting, but tend to have a built-in microphone. The cheapest option, the webcam is plug and play and may have additional software. However, the previous devices are designed for projecting something desk-based to an audience. The webcam is designed to work in a different way, but can be more versatile, especially if you move rooms frequently. You need a computer to plug it into. Some come with flexible arms and a base you can plug it into, but like the document cam, they are restricted by the length of the USB cable. Now we have an idea of what the devices are capable of. The next question is what do you already have? Do you have an interactive board? If so, imaging a pupil's book with a cheaper webcam and using pinch zoom and annotation may do the job. Or in a bright setting, an HD webcam may do the trick. In the past, the rule was the higher the price, the better quality of image. Today, that isn't necessarily so. My conclusion is before you spend out, do your research and consider the fitness of the device for your environment and your value for money. And please talk to your school technical support before you purchase anything. Sometimes devices are not compatible with school networks. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods' screen reader, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. 
Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the show this evening. Um, we're talking county lines this evening. We're talking about some incredibly serious messages. Um, we've also um, very privileged to have Tammy and Kerry on our show, and they're talking us through their own experiences and their story. Um, and in a second, we are going to be talking a lot about what this Leah's Law means and how us as teachers can get fully behind this campaign, because even a little bit will start to make a difference with this. And I think Leah absolutely deserves that. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to bring Kerry back into the conversation. Hello, Kerry. Hi. Hello. You haven't gone anywhere then. Still here. I'm still, yeah, I was listening to Tammy. I am. Um, oh, fantastic. Um, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to say really, so can you tell us um, and anybody that's going to be listening later on, um, this relationship that you have now with Tammy, obviously it's quite a unique friendship perhaps. Yes. Um, um, can you just talk us through how that happened? Um, so um, the old crime commissioner, she'd obviously heard me and Tammy talking separately. And she thought that we wanted the same things, and together we would make this, things happen. So she mm -hmm. got hold of um, restorative justice. Um, they work with the police. Um, and I got a visit from a Dave Pascoe. He's an ex-policeman. And um, he spent lots of time with me, lots of time with Tammy. Um, and we, we said what we wanted and how we wanted it doing, and he arranged for us to meet up. Um, we were, I think we were both quite dubious about me too, a bit. Ooh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Um, but were you nervous? Very. Um, yeah. I didn't know what my reaction was going to be. I didn't know if I was going to be angry, upset. Um, but I was convinced I need to do it, and I did need to do it. it it's helped me a lot. Well, I think and. And I, and I think they're exactly right because the two of you together is is incredibly powerful um, yeah. because you just you just get to to see the victims in in the situation and there there are two victims um, I suppose what sort of listening to to Tammy's account of it all as well what what there were two things um, the first one was how did you feel about um, Connor's sentence um, I didn't think Connor or Mitch got long enough. Um, and this was the reason reasoning behind me doing Leah's Law. Um, I was warned before court by the police liaison um, that the sentencing wasn't going to be big, if they did at all, if they got anything. Um, um, sorry, I thought I was muted again. <laughs> Um, you were, and that was my fault. It's because um, I was responding to something, and then for some reason it muted it. And I thought, like, oh, I'll do it really quickly. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I kept hearing the word consent. And yeah. the whole time through court and before court, and obviously I'd lost Leah, so my head wasn't really... Spinning. I wasn't, yeah. No, it wasn't spinning right, and I, it was just, mm. just a blur, the whole thing. And all I kept saying was, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. That's all I remember saying, because it was just, I was like a nodding dog. That's what I remember being like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. And then I walked out of court after the sentencing, and I said to the, um, the police lady, I said, how did she consent? And she looked at me, she went, what do you mean? I said, well... She couldn't buy alcohol, she couldn't buy cigarettes, she couldn't have sex, but she could consent to taking a class A drug. 
And she looked at me and she went, I know what you mean. She went, it's, it's, she agreed with me. She said, but that's the law. And then I looked at her and said, well, I'm going to change it. <laughs> and that was just outside court. It was, I, don't, I didn't know how I was going to do it. Um, I just said, well, I'm going to change it. It's not right. Um, so how how many um so you need to get 10,000 people to sign the petition before it goes to um, yeah before the government take any notice yeah, of it yeah. 10,000 and how many um signatures have you got at the moment um, 7,700 at the minute um, okay so we we've got 10,000 followers so let's 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 all do this and let's you know let's really promote this because we could definitely definitely help you get that up to 10,000 100% um, that would be amazing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think Tammy thinks so as well. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she does. So the, the other question I was going to ask, and I was going to ask uh, Tammy the same one as well, um, is just, I don't know even if you, you can answer this, like where did you find did you find the strength at the time and day to day now um, from what's happened to, to doing shows like this so if you can oh. like how how do you have the strength to do that I think that's pretty easy it's my daughter she's two I was pregnant with her she needs me and yeah. I need her as well and she 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 gets me um she keeps me going every day um sometimes I feel like staying in bed or not going but she keeps me going every day my partner is amazing um, between the two of them, they keep me going. Um, and I think meeting Tammy as well, that helped with my grief, believe it or not. Um, I think well, the support so- as well. I get a lot of support from the town, from mm. like, like regarding Leah's law. I, I was on the um, phone to the Crime Commissioner today and she supports me and I'm getting loads of MPs supporting me and support I'm getting, it gives me strength every day. <laughs> Yeah, because it just you know it's all it's all for Leah, isn't it? And it's all yeah. for it's all for the Leahs yeah. out there as well. I, I think um, I will say I hope she's proud of me. I, I want to make her proud. Oh, I, I I absolutely don't doubt that one one minute of a doubt. <laughs> and Tammy says she is, especially as the first thing you said about her was that how caring she was. Yeah, you know, this is this is you caring for all the Leahs out there. Yeah, definitely. as well. So, um, so. Tammy, um, do you mind me asking the sort of same questions, really? I suppose the first one is, what did you think about Connor's sentence? So Connor feels he should have had more time. Um, As a mum, and if this was my child that passed away, I would want more time at the same time. But um, I also feel both our children couldn't consent. Yeah. Uh, that the people, the law will protect the other, both, they would protect both children because Connor couldn't consent, Leah can't consent. The people that are making them sell those drugs will have a longer sentencing besides two years because that's what they're getting at the minute. Um, and hopefully us talking and bringing that light about the sentencing and consenting will have the police and that realize they need to act quicker on these matters too yeah no and, I like, and the judges you know to give out their appropriate sentencing absolutely and and i suppose um 
the the other question as well is where where did you get your strength from you know at at the time seeing what you were seeing about you know the, the physical changes that you can see and you know that your your son which is like your your soul isn't it every single day you wake up for you physically seeing those that that change in him in front of your eyes where where did your strength come from to do what you're doing today um well i'm his voice um, and not just his voice, but all the other like kids that are out there are trapped. That's a voice that they need, somebody to be fighting. I didn't stop screaming for help, and I'm not going to stop. So that's, I don't want another Leah, and I don't want another Connor. And I know people say, well, you can't say that's not going to happen. But even if one child and one family does not go through this, that that means something. Um, to to myself and I think Leah um, oh, Kerry would agree that we just we know we can't change the world but if we can just protect one person and have more people aware that's what gets me going because even though Connor's home and he's done jail time he's 19 um, exploitation doesn't stop just because of that so I'm always on high alert I'm always looking at who's with him, where is he, you know, I'm, I'm the nosiest, I should be FBI, I'm sure. But <laughs> still very, having his voice, I'm still fighting around probation to get him right things. And I feel if I keep that fight going, another mum isn't going to have to do that, that things will be set and the, the, the government has things in place, it's just broken and it just needs fixing. And if we keep telling them they need to fix it, hopefully, no other child and parents like Leah's mom, Carrie, or myself will have to go through that. And and is Connor proud of you? Um, at times, at times he will listen to my interview and go, Mom, why'd you say that? I'm learning from him um, mm. on things that happened and words to use, as in like MDMA isn't always called MDMA. I think um, Leah... Um, Leah, sorry, Kerry. Kerry and I both learned that sometimes it's called Donkey Kong. It looks like candy. So yes, he, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah, so he's actually last night, Connor and I sat and watched a documentary together where he opened up and he was telling me things. So I was like, I, I was sad because he had to go through these things. And I'm, but I'm learning. And, and he's now come out and said he wants to speak to a reporter and have things said, but he, he can't because he's scared he will get beat, you know, because yeah. um, three days after the first, not three days, the day of the first um, court date, Connor um, was held at knife point after court. And that was the, the gangs thinking he was going to talk. So, you know, the police have a video of another um, citizen recording that and calling them out, but they, they didn't come to Connor's rescue for three days. He was home by then. But, you know, so he still has that danger. So he says to me, you know, mom, don't always use my name, you son, just, you know, because people aren't happy. So I have to be careful, but I, I have to scream it. And he knows. He just says, I can't stop you. You're such a stubborn woman. You will. You need to do it. He just knows. He knows that I feel I failed him and that's why I have to do it. That, And he says, but he always says to me, you haven't failed me. But if this is how you think you have to do something to, to, to build that bridge, 
Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. Well, somebody's just texting saying Connor is lucky to have you, Tammy. I wish he would see that sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't, but yeah. 19. Well, he's 19. Going four, yeah. 19 going on 14 some days. Well, uh, and we've also had a text in saying, if children legally can't consent to taking illegal drugs, the people dealing will be criminally more responsible for what may happen to the under 16 year olds they are supplying to, meaning they may be reluctant to sell to the kids. Um, it's a very good point, isn't it? Um, so, you know, absolutely. And I suppose um, the sort of the final question that I wanted to ask both of you. So if I go back to Kerry, if that's so, I'm going to put you back on mute just because there's a little bit of feedback um, when you're both on it together. Um, so I'm just going to ask Kerry. Um, hello, Kerry. Hi. Hello. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add either to your campaign or to us as, you know, a body of teachers? Um, any ideas that you had that you, you know, that you wanted to share with us about how we can get this message out there? Um, I think getting the message out there at the minute is social media is a big thing for us. Um, like I said, I've had a really good conversation with the Crime Commissioner today. Their office is really behind me in changing this law. Um, and they're going to be doing That's everything they can. That's yeah. the political side. Um, but t people on social media, on Twitter, um, Facebook, we've got Leah's Law UK on Facebook. We have Atkins Child Consent on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just sharing, sharing, asking friends to do this because um, the man that said if children can't legally consent, exactly what I mean. If they, How can they legally consent? It doesn't make sense. A child can't legally consent to take in drugs. So no, that's no, all. And, I, no I, and I agree with you. And I, it's it's almost it's almost shocking that this yes. this hasn't been yes. like passed before or I'm, noticed or yeah, is even um, a law already. Yeah. Having this conversation with the crime commissioner today, and we still can't believe it. And we've 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 searched it up, thinking, are we mistaken? Um, but we're not. It's not a law, and it needs to change. Absolutely. Um, and if anybody does want to, to ring in now and ask a question, then please, please do or text in as well. We do still have 10 minutes and I'm happy to talk all the way up to half past nine if that's what you want from the show. Um, so thank you so, so much, um, Kerry, for sharing with us your story this evening. Um, and as I say, it's so, it's so important for us to, to know, you know, your raw emotions from that evening, but also to get the message out there. And now it's our, our duty to educate as much as we can about it. Use these, you know, these resources that we can share across Twitter, across Facebook, across Instagram, you know, across all the social platforms, get everybody to sign Leah's petition. I mean, I don't know if you would allow it, but would you allow schools to look at Leah's story specifically to oh, be able to teach with it? I always say, and I was when um, parents said to me they use Leah's story, and I'm like, I want people to use Leah's story because Leah was a real person. I am a real person, and it makes it real. It does happen, and it happens to normal, nice families. It does. Okay. It, yeah, and I think Leah's story definitely needs to um, be told. 
Well, thank you so much. I'll tell you what, I'll put it, I'll put it out on Twitter and I'll get TT um, Radio involved and I'll say that we're allowed, to, you know, we've got your permission from Tammy and from um, yourself to use Leah's story. And as I say, I'm writing lessons at the moment for our trust. So I will spend the next three days creating some lessons for you and I'm Excellent. happy to send them to you if you oh, want as oh, well. Brilliant. I don't know how, how interesting you'll find them, but you know, um, it's always good to see. I might I could use them, hopefully. Oh, okay. Um, well, I better make them extra good then. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, brilliant. I would definitely, definitely do that, and I'll get it out okay, there for for people to use and to share. And usually, what happens is, you know, we get a resource and then we adapt it. We adapt it for our own school context, and yeah. we adapt it for our for our our school. So hopefully, we can get some versions out there. That would be absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. And if we could get people like the PSHE Association, you know, to to do their version using it as well, that really would take it into schools. Yes, I'm looking to do a video. I'm talking to a producer now, um, a short video um, for children to look and just see Leah went out for a normal night out. The parts where what happened in the car park, me having to see her dead I think it'd be hard hitting it's a hard hitting night and I think to show kids what can happen I think it's always a good thing absolutely and I think and I think that you should leave in as well that only one friend stayed behind because I think that will yes. really resolute with them yeah. um there was 20 kids in that park that night yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much, Kelly. You've put thank on there um, sort of um, Kerry's Twitter page as well for, for Leah's Law. That's brilliant. Um, so thank you again, Kerry. And I hope you have a fantastic week and you're not run around ragged with your two-year-old. <laughs> and if you are, I am also run around ragged. <laughs> so um, if you just stay stay on the line for the last the last bit as well. But it was absolutely a pleasure to talk to you this evening. Thank you, Andrew. And to find out... Well, we'll definitely stay in contact. Let's say once I've written yeah. some lessons, I, I will send them to you and we, we can go Brilliant. from there. Thank you very much. To, I suppose the next step would be to get you both to come into schools to come and talk well, to that's, them. That's, that's yeah. my next goal. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be a goal. It can happen. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely very, very happy to do that. So we'll, we'll definitely yeah. keep in contact. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, um, Tammy, just just uh, just so you can um, air it as well. So thank you so much for um, coming on this evening. Oh, thank you. No problem. And is there anything else that you wanted to add whilst you've got the attention of of the teachers this evening? Um, my only add is write your MPs and ask them what they're doing in regarding to child um, consent and county lines in their area. You know, our local place, we don't even have a police station or a youth centre. Ask them what they're doing and ask their views on them. Bring Leah's Law to them. So write them and make sure they know that this is going through for they can, you know, put it out to the rest of their communities at the same time. Absolutely. And and to be fair, we could get the students to write to the local MPs. Um, so we, we, could, um, we could share the story and then if we actually get our body of students to write it you know that's 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 when mps could really take some notice couldn't they yeah yeah and um you know if any parents are out there i started just a let's talk county lines page on facebook just for parents to to say this i'm going through hell just for us to say this is where we are and no judging some education that's about it very simple but please write your MPs because they need to be aware too of, Absolutely. of the law. 
And I think I think for any parents out there as well who are going through um, and either of your you know scenarios to to know that there are people out there to, to talk to to reach out to and you know how do you even begin to process what what you've had to process in the last sort of three years I think that's incredibly important that they know that so thank you so much yeah because you you feel you're alone and what I've found I, I'm not alone we're we're not and which is it's sad at the same time really but yeah. So let's just get Leah's law going through. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Tammy. Have a fantastic week. You too. Thank you. Okay. No problem. Thank you so much. Um, wow. So what 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 a fantastic show and what an incredibly powerfully emotional show as well. Um, I had to hold hold it in any sense that I had um, whilst asking some of those questions um, because it's just relatable. It's it's relatable not because it's happened to me, but because I I I I've got young children, and you know, obviously, there's those emotions going through me. But there's also the fact that I work in education, and I I know how important these messages are. Um, I've you know I've seen certain things as well, and it's 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 very it's um it's a very important one i think to promote so thank you so much for all your support if you've been listening live that has been absolutely brilliant and i think for tammy and for kerry to have your supportive comments throughout the show that really worked incredibly well um but i think the next thing for us to do as teachers is to get this law you know petitions let's get it into our schools let's use their story i mean our students need um something to be relatable to them and this story will be relatable um, because it's about, you know, real 15 and 17 year olds. Um, and it's both sides of, of the spectrum. So if you if you you know plan a lesson and you want to share it with me, that'd be absolutely brilliant. And then we can get Tammy and Kerry to look at them. If you want to approach any of the PSHE associations with it, that'd be great. I think I'm going to approach them myself. Um, and if we can get our students to talk to the MPs, if we can get them writing letters to their local MPs about Leah's law, if we could get it out to the parents and carers within our communities then I think we're doing our our efforts for it too and obviously um educating our students in front of us so thank you hang on I've got um a caller just coming in thank you so much for listening um I don't know if that's accepted massive well done um Kerry and Tammy and you're getting a lot of love um right now as well um if you try to call in just try again um we've got a couple of minutes and I'm happy to talk to you for those two minutes um brilliant for the kids and teachers to talk to your MPs absolutely um and thank you so much I'm listening from South Africa it's absolutely brilliant to get the message out there as well um it's you know being part of you know gang crime or knife crime or any type of crime is is going to be affecting um children globally it's not you know it's not just something that happens in england even though county lines is quite specific um to our to our country there are obviously the same issues happening abroad as well um so I'm going to stop the show now. Um, thank you, Kerry. Thank you for having us, Libby. No, you were absolutely brilliant. Um, so next week, um, completely different. Um, we're going to be talking history um, again. And I've got Robert Peel, who is the co-head teacher of West London Free School on. He's also writ written some fantastic history books. Um, we're going to be talking everything to do with history. I've also got James Rednall on. And we're going to be talking about 
live current issues within the classroom whilst we're teaching history okay so next week completely different obviously um if you're a historian if you're a humanities teacher then please tune in robert peel will be an absolutely fantastic guest and so will james rednall thank you so much for your support let's get it out there let's tweet it let's do what we can um in support of um leah and also for kerry and for tammy um fantastic show and i will speak to you and next week You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.